It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Tuesday edition of the PJ Show. Welcome in, everybody. It's nice to have you with us uh, here as we've got a ton of things going on, lots to get to in the program today. I couldn't be more excited. And I know uh, our two uh, two of our, our very fine uh, contributors here on our sports team are excited today because this is a big moment for them to maybe become uh, iconic uh, music producers. We'll see. Contain the Rick, excitement. Rick Rubin. Here is Ben B-Baby. Don't call me Rick Ruben Byram. Hello, Ben. Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> As you can see, a natural Rick Ruben. All, all the, he's got, he's that good, folks. It's, he's that tight. All right. Uh, he is uh, known affectionately uh, as a Cookie around these parts. What's going on? Uh, Lord Christopher. It is uh, Christopher, Christopher Cook, ladies and gentlemen. The Woo! Goat. The Chad goat. Carson who probably is still very excited that DX was back on the TV last night on Monday Night Raw. I say they're the greatest faction in pro wrestling history. Disagree. Who's, not even who's top, yours? Not even top five. What? No. Who's the best then? All right, you guys, when you guys are on the show here over the next few weeks, because <laughs> right, there's going to be times you nerds can discuss this in all, right, yeah, we got you. all you want. There's already enough of nerds sitting around in underwear in the afternoon on radio doing stuff, so let's not let's – not, devolve into I apologize, that I apologize. that's okay he all right got we've me, got he, he got me heated he got me started. he did he got you heated which by the way the horsemen are the greatest faction of all time that's a good free argument are, i could see that free argument. birds are up there as well but we'll get into all that later on here that's a summertime uh show okay, all right I got you. right now uh because we got so much to get to today we're gonna go ahead and have today's houston huddle it's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy and Vital Care of Greenville. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. No, it's a uh, uh, regroup week after the loss at Tulane last week, and uh, you've got uh, there's there's no rest for the weary because Memphis comes to town with a five and one record. Man, I watched that watched that the Houston Memphis game on Friday night. What an unbelievable comeback by Memphis! I mean by Houston to beat Memphis, and I, I guess that makes them four and two, right? They're four and two. So, yeah, they're uh, four and two. So uh, so what kind of week uh, what kind of week of practice have you had so far? Well, we practiced on Sunday, watched the film Sunday afternoon and then practiced Sunday evening. And then uh, yesterday was, uh, you know, the kids' day off from practice. And so time to spend a lot of time with, you know, treatment and, uh, you know, start looking at Memphis and in academics and things like that. So uh, we start uh, back on the field today. But, you know, we had we had a really positive, energetic, um, I think, uh, deliberate uh, practice Sunday evening. Uh, which was refreshing for everybody. I mean, I think we all needed that. But uh, you know, there's obviously more in, intent in the in the kids when they took the field Sunday evening. So I was pleased with that. How'd you come out of the uh, the game? I know there was some injuries um, in that game. Uh, what's the status of some of those guys, including your new freshman running back that uh, everybody's excited about? It. You've you've had some injuries at running back so far this year. Well, we've got some bumps and bruises out of uh, out of the game over the weekend, but uh, you know it's uh, uh, that's everybody at this time of the year. Everybody's got bumps and bruises, so uh, Marlon should be fine. Uh, I expect him to practice today. He practiced Sunday, so uh, I expect him to be full go today. But you know, you gotta you gotta deal with that stuff this time of the year, and it's it's the uncontrollable. And uh, you know, you just gotta focus on controlling what you can control. Coach Houston, uh, thanks for the time here this morning. Always great to uh, to catch up with you in this forum, and uh, we appreciate it greatly. When you went back, because I know you watched it as it happened Friday night, but also have gone back and kind of reviewed that uh, Memphis-Houston uh, game, what 
started to go wrong for Memphis that you saw and, and what were some things that Houston did that you feel like the Pirates can be effective in, in maybe uh, taking advantage of, of similar things? Well, I think first off, you saw just what a, a great start to the game by Memphis, you know, jumping out 14 nothing there in the first quarter. Um, you know, Houston is a, an extremely talented football team. I mean, they have – they have athletes all over the field, both sides of the football, return game, everything. Um, and so they're very, very dangerous. And, uh, you know, you watch it. They've got a 20-point lead uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, and th- then you have the kickoff return for a touchdown, which I thought that really kind of got Houston going. Um, and then, you know, they, later on in the quarter, they were able to score after getting a stop. Uh, and then the onside kick. And it just – it kind of just snowballed on Memphis uh, because after the onside kick, their defense had been on the field so much uh, in the fourth quarter already. They just they were gassed, and you know Houston was able to just you know march down the field pretty easily for the winning winning score. But I think it was you know a lot more of Houston kind of coming alive uh, than anything. Uh, I do think some fatigue factor in with Memphis late in the game, but uh, you know Clayton Tune. Uh, Dell, uh, those other guys on the Houston offensive side that are that are playmakers, the kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, you know, I, I just think all that stuff kind of snowballed on them in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, Coach, they have Seth Hennigan. Uh, look, the Americans got some fantastic quarterbacks, and you and you face There's another no one this week that's that's productive and and prolific. Well, I, you know, Michael Pratt. I thought obviously, you know, we knew what he was going into the season. Uh, I thought he played very, very well on Saturday. I thought he was the difference in the ball game for Tulane. Um, I don't know that Hennigan's not better. Uh, you know, he's the he's their leading rusher in yards gained on the season, as well as uh, having a great season uh, at quarterback with over 1,500 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, they are plus nine in the turnover, uh, you know, category on the season. So, um, you know, he is he is a really, really talented high-end player. We thought that last year before we played them, uh, and I think he's improved over what he was a year ago. Coach Mike Houston here with us this morning. Great to have Coach on. Coach, I was listening to your radio show last night on 94.3 The Game. I didn't get a chance to get down there, but I, I was uh, doing uh, granddaddy duty. <laughs> but um, That's always good. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> I didn't see your boys out there last night, but we were out at the uh, we were at the at the flag football game last night down the street from you, and I missed you. But I, but I was listening to you on the uh, air with Jeff last night, and I heard you addressing some of the special teams issues, and I want to give you a chance to talk about that. I mean, so much has been said about the kicking game. There were some issues with a, a, a blocked a field goal, a missed extra point again on uh, on Saturday. Uh, talk about that a little bit, and and I and I heard you say last night you guys are working really hard on it well I mean I, I think you go back to a week ago and you played just flawless uh, for the most part in the kicking game uh, you know throughout the throughout the game you had one missed extra point uh, and then outside of that it was really you know probably our best special teams game of the year and uh, we spent more time on special teams this year than we ever have uh, and you know it was unfortunate this past uh, Saturday, um, you know, we had the missed extra point after the first touchdown, uh, and then uh, to have the blocked kick uh, right before the end of the half, um, you know, it's it's something we can't have. Uh, and it's, uh, like I said last night, we have spent more time on PAT field goal this year than ever in my career. Um, and so it's certainly not for lack of, uh, you know, time and commitment, um, but it's just, and I, I made the statement yesterday to our staff, I was like, listen, it's it's got to be fixed. I said, I, we cannot continue to have this happen. So um, I know that uh, everyone's working very hard. Um, I think that all the kids are motivated. Um, you know, it's not something that we've struggled with in the past, uh, but it's what we're struggling with right now. So we've got to get it fixed because it's obviously an important part of our game. Um, now, I think outside of that, uh, we played very well on special teams Saturday. So I think that's, you know, I thought we punted the ball better. I thought our kickoff coverage versus a very dangerous returner was very solid. Um, you know, it's their, their kicker didn't give us many chances in the return game, but we did have one uh, return by Marlin that got out to, uh, you know, about the 40-yard line or so. So, uh, you know, we did so many positive things 
uh, in the kicking game on Saturday, but we did still have uh, a couple of issues that we got to get cleaned up. And this weekend, of course, is homecoming and uh, 7.30 game. The uh, It's going to be perfect football weather. going to be uh, chilly uh, football weather Saturday night. It won't be real hot like we've seen with some of our uh, home games so far this year. So I know you're hoping for a big crowd and to get that 12th man in Dowdy Ficklin. Well, no doubt. And it's, uh, you know, you've got two very good football teams uh, coming in here. And it's, uh, you know, we've, we've got a very solid team. Memphis has a very solid team. Uh, you know, we both are playing very well uh, this year. I know we did not play our best game last week against Tulane, but we've played, uh, you know, well throughout the season. So it should be a great matchup. Uh, you know, we have had great uh, home crowds, uh, you know, so far this year. And, and the passion of our fan base has rejuvenated uh, the program. And I think the athletic department and the university and, and just uh, excited to be back with our fans in Dottie Ficklin Stadium. So, uh, would love to have a, a full stadium this Saturday. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the 7.30 kickoff gives everybody all day to do whatever they want to do as far as, you know, cooking and tailgating and, and enjoying, you know, the energy of Pirate Nation and uh, being ready to roll for a nighttime kickoff. So uh, I think it's a great uh, a great opportunity to kind of showcase what we have here at East Carolina. Uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, on ESPN uh, one of those networks there, I mean, it's going to be, you know, on linear TV, so it's a great opportunity to kind of show what we're all about. Coach, uh, you talked a little bit about what uh, Memphis presents offensively. Uh, defensively, I, I don't think they're comparable in any way to to what you faced last Saturday with Tulane, who's, who's lights out on D. But for Pirate Nation, for our listeners, uh, could you give us a little bit of a primer and a scout on what the Tigers do defensively? Well, they, uh, they're a big up front. Uh, you know, they're, they're two interior tackles. One of them is 6'6", 340. Uh, the other one's 6'4", 270. Uh, so big guys in the middle. Uh, they have two very athletic ends. One's a transfer from Ohio State. Uh, the other is a returning starter. Um, you know, they, they run really well on the back end. You know, fans have – have seen Memphis for many, many years, and you understand they're usually a very, very athletic, uh, you know, long, uh, can run. Uh, that's kind of their MO on both sides of the ball. But uh, they they are different this year defensively than they have been in the past. They have a new defensive coordinator. Um, it's, it's more of a four-down scheme. Uh, you know, he's going to play a lot of different coverages on the back end. They're going to play some man. They're going to pressure some. Uh, but they've they've had some success throughout the year. They've been very good against the run, uh, and uh, so it's it's going to be another challenging matchup. Uh, you know, there there's a reason why they're you know four and two with you know probably a game they should have won last Friday night, and and they would have come in here five and one with their only loss to a ranked uh, Mississippi State. So uh, a very solid football team, very solid defense. Coach, when you look at this league, I mean it's. Uh... We mentioned how prolific it is of a, a quarterback league, but obviously uh, the margin of error is is quite slim in the American this year. There's a lot of parity in the conference. It's razor thin, and it's you know you saw that last week when South Florida, you know, came with gen- in just a few minutes of upsetting Cincinnati, who's ranked, and uh, so uh, you saw what Navy did to Tulsa, you know, fifty six to twenty four, I believe it was. So um, you know that's two teams that we've played already. Uh, you know, you look at some of the other matchups, you know, Central Florida's having a great year. Um, SMU has had a solid year so far. It's just, you know, every week, uh, you know, game in and game out, uh, you're going to face a really good football team. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is. That's, that, that makes for excitement. That makes for great matchups. It makes for great games, great rivalries. Uh, so I think it's an exciting brand of football that the American Conference has this year. Mike Houston with us, Coach. Uh, Houston coming, uh, I mean, uh, Memphis coming here after the Houston loss on Friday night. I don't know if you think that's a positive or a negative. We were talking about this yesterday. Steve Logan used to say when we were interviewing him, he would rather play a team after an emotional loss than one who just won an emotional game because, you know, it, they come in kind of questioning themselves. And But you both lost an emotional game last week. So yeah. uh, anybody got an advantage on this? And do you agree <laughs> with that or not? I don't know. You know, <laughs> and on the other hand, if they come in here five and one and, and, you know, feeling good about themselves, I think that's good too. 
uh, you know, but uh, I, it, it, we both lost tough games last week, and that's uh, that's where we are. So, uh, you know, my big focus is on our, our guys um, and, you know, getting them ready to play and, you know, improving on the things we didn't do well last week. And I think we all we all are disappointed and, and, and pissed off and just, you know, not real happy. Uh, and so, you know, the way you remedy that is by, you know, fixing it this week during practice and uh, making sure that we're prepared and ready to play at a much higher level on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I, the improvement in the program under you here has been um, absolutely uh, obvious. And I know that you catch a lot of heat when you lose. There's a lot of social media negativity and all that. But I've been reminding people all week, hey, the team could have been 5-0 and going into – and probably should have been 5-0 and going into the game uh, last Saturday. And then you take that first half – down at South Florida where, you know, the team played almost perfectly. You see what can happen when, um, you, you know, when this team is clicking. So I know that you're you're just trying to get them there, and uh, we appreciate all the hard work you and the coaching staff are putting into it. Well, you know, the great thing is people care here. You know, it matters. And that's that's one of the reasons I took the job is, you know, our fan base is passionate. And so I'd rather have it that way than, you know, apathy. And so, uh, you know, We've the kids have worked very very hard. We've all worked very very hard, and we've created expectations. I mean, pirate football matters, and uh, so yeah, there's people disappointed. Well, they need to know we're disappointed too. You know, that's that's the thing. We all have the same goal, and that's to see pirate football be the best that it can be, and competing for championships and going to the postseason. And so, uh, we all want the same thing. So I appreciate the passion of our fan base, and uh, that's the way you want it. And that's why you know. Saturday night, uh, I expect Dottie Ficklin Stadium to be as rowdy as it's ever been, uh, and you're going to have a team that's very motivated on the field to, you know, find a way to get a win. And uh, that's, you know, that's I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing. And you know, I'm I'm a big boy, and I've been doing this for a while, so uh, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to some of the criticism. So. Uh, you know, I get enough of that when I go home, and my wife's uh, <laughs> on me on me about something I didn't do there. So, uh, but uh, don't we all? That's uh, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But, uh, well, know, that's the, the Pirates will be ready to play Saturday. I can tell you that. Houston Huddle presented today by Vital Care Infusion Services of Greenville and Healthwise Pharmacy. Every week, you can hear Mike Houston with Henry Hinton and myself on Talk One Hundred Three Seven and Talk Ninety Six Three. Talk of the Town, 8.05, live every Tuesday. We, of course, have the uh, replay of the podcast on 94.3. The game usually gets on there late morning. Just go to the Houston Huddle podcast, and, of course, we bring it to you here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3, the game every Tuesday afternoon. We've got a Pirate Report, and Holden Aylers uh, and Jira Wilson will hear from them on the other side. Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94-3, the game. All right, Memphis is pretty big up front defensively, but they're just not real good. Offensively, they're dynamite. But uh, their uh, defense, I don't think that good. Yeah, so this is what... In the Houston game. <laughs> Well, especially the last few minutes. But I just I don't think the defense is that good. So this is Holton Aylers on what he has seen from uh, Memphis. Yeah, you know, they're a lot, you know, schematically, they're a lot similar to ODU. Uh, they got a really good DN that they're going to move around a lot. Uh, they play a lot of, a lot of cover four, you know, or really cover six, you know, two to the boundary, four to the field. Um, they will play some man coverage. So, you know, we're going to, they're, they're huge up front. I mean, they, they got really good D line, so we're going to have to block really well and, you know, create some space on the open field. So it's going to be a good challenge for us, but we're ready to go. Holt Naylor's on the uh, mistakes that they need to fix, and he kind of alluded to this in his post-game remarks Saturday. I mean, first of all, you got to play turnover-free football to win games. You got to you got to stay on the field on third down, win third down, and then when you get in the red zone or that you know that high red zone, I mean, you got to put the you got to put points on the board, whether it's, whether it's a field goal or or scoring touchdowns there. And I mean, that's just a winning formula for pretty much every team in America. You know, that's just what it is. So. Um, I mean, for offensively, staying on the field in third down, defensively, is getting off the field. And then, like I said, just putting up points in the red zone. Stay with me on this here, Benjamin. I think he is the most scrutinized player in the history of ECU football. Holton Aylers? Yeah. I, I think some of the criticism is warranted, but I do agree. He does uh, harbor a lot of the blame for a lot of uh, extreme or, a, uh, in, or issues that are outside of him are not necessarily his fault. 
uh, especially yeah. during the Scotty Mo era, after the Scotty Mo era, during this rebuilding period with Houston. I would say now we're kind of out of that rebuilding period. I mean, it's been three years, but still, um, he's yeah, definitely took a lot of unnecessary blame during his time here, during a very tough time for the program. The quarterback always gets too much credit and all of the blame, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of it. And, and the same thing with the head coach, too. Head coaches get a lot of credit, but they also get a lot of the blame. But, I mean, the quarterback, if you're talking players, that's the case. I'll say this about Holton. Yes, he's, yeah. he's had weapons during his time year, but he's never had a cohesive, consistent offensive line unit. Like, never. Even right now, we still don't have a consistent week-to-week well, they're not deep. offensive line. Absolutely, They're not yeah. as deep as we thought they were going to be. Yeah. And and that's just kind of, you know, what, what the case is. Yeah. And, and look, I'm not here to make excuses for Holton Aylers. I, I really like Holton a lot personally. You know, we had him in the summer. I thought he was dynamite. He was really down to earth. He's a great guy. And he's always been very nice when, I, when we've dealt with it. Uh, he's got a lot on him. And I've said this all along. There's nobody who wants to win any worse than he does. And I think he is, uh, you know, I think he was frustrated after Saturday. I really do. Uh, this is Holt Naylor's talking about returning to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium for the homecoming game. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we have probably the best home field advantage in the conference, in, in my opinion. So I'm just excited to be here for homecoming and uh, you know, in front of our fans. We, we need them. You know, we need to get back in the win column, you know, get that fourth win and get this thing rolling again. And then the high expectations that he has for this team. You know, I mean, we, we all have high expectations, and you know, we haven't been afraid to say that. And um, uh, certainly, we, we didn't play to it up, play up to that, you know, last Saturday. So, um, you know, certainly, we're we're more motivated this week than we have been in a really long time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Holton Ehlers, uh asked about how C.J. Johnson is uh, doing. He's doing good. You know, trying to stay positive, and you know, the guys are, are, are being around him, and you know, winning helps obviously a lot with that. So. Um, we got to get back in the win column this Saturday, and it's a big one for us. You know, he knows. You know, I mean, football is kind of his sanctuary, just like a lot of ours. A lot of ours is. So, um, anytime we step on that field, you know, our mind has to be clear and just go out there and play. Uh, today's pirate report, and uh, we have one more from Holton here uh, talking about uh, his chemistry with C.J. Johnson. No, I mean, there is times when we can look at each other and kind of know what each other are thinking, just because I mean, we have been playing together for for over. I mean, I don't even know how many years it is now. It seems like forever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've been playing with each other for a while and, and kind of know – he knows what I'm going with, to him and, and what I'm thinking and what – you know, I know what he's thinking too. Uh, let's see here. Uh, why don't we go to Jaira Wilson, Ben? Uh, we uh, heard from him. He gives us a scout of the Memphis offense. They're like the rest of the conference. A lot of speed, good backs, good receivers, a good quarterback, good offensive line. I would say that just – just like the rest of the conference, talent everywhere, speed on the outsides. You got to you got to show up Saturday. Uh, more pirate player commentary here. Jaira Wilson with his thoughts on uh, the really talented quarterback that Memphis has, Seth Hennigan. Uh, I believe they had the same quarterback as last year. He's he, he's a good he's a good quarterback. Um, he's more of a he's more of a like passer. I would say he'll he'll run a little bit. But he's just more—he's more of a passer. He's kind of similar to uh, Tulane's quarterback. I don't think he's better than Tulane's quarterback, but he's definitely similar to Tulane's quarterback in playing style. There you go, Jira not uh, holding back. I like it. I agree. Uh, we just—you you do. We. Uh, this is him saying, uh, "Hey, look, we've got to put things together to be our best on defense." Jira Wilson. Like, I feel like we just got to put it all together. To be honest, I would not—I wouldn't say there's one thing. It's just. I mean, different things show up in different games. We've lost in different ways. We just basically we just got to put it all together, um, bucket down the end. Got to do. We just got to make more plays. I'll say, um, especially down the stretch in some of the games, really. And then just some things, penalties we've had in the last game. Some penalties messed us up. Uh, we gave up a lot of plays defensively. And Navy game, we gave up plays at the wrong time. I'll just say it's just really come down to just making plays and staying together as a team, playing more, playing more as a team. That's really the two biggest things. Uh, let's see more from Jaira Wilson here. Uh, you know, it's tough. We kind of alluded to this yesterday, Ben. Going on the road, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm actually glad he talked about this. And, and Holton alluded to it, too, in his comments. 
you know, the ECU has a distinct advantage. And, and Mike Houston said it on the Houston Edel. Our fans care. They're invested. They're in it. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's we're kind of blessed to be in this market uh, in a little bit of a smaller market where you have a college program that's not Power 5 with that this invested of a uh, fan base that's this passionate. I mean, that's very rare, especially outside of the Power 5. Yeah. And and so you just, you're in these markets, if you will, that the fans just aren't into it. They don't show up to watch the home team play. That is the case, uh, was the case at Tulane, and Jaira Wilson addressed that. I, mean, I don't know about everybody, but for me, it definitely, like, is an eye-opener for me. Like, wow, they don't really, like, get – this how the season is here is, like, playing in their stadium, and they don't really get that support that I know they want. Well, they probably get the support. I don't want to say that, but just the fans actually showing up on game day. Uh, I know, like, for us, that's something we love, and they don't really get to experience that. So like, I definitely don't take it for granted when we get to play here. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Look, there ain't other smaller markets that have, let's say, six or seven different shows specifically about the football team, the ECU football team, or whatever football team that's not Power 5 in your market. That's very rare. That doesn't happen elsewhere. That isn't. Look at you. Yeah, that look, at you op- look at you opening this. No, look. And I mean, you know, that's often said. Dave Richmond says it a lot. Uh, and and we like all these guys. And, and by and large, we like all these guys. Oh, we do. I like Dave, as we, a matter of fact. Dave's a good no, guy. No, I like Dave a lot. Dave's been supportive, and, and, and I like to try to support Dave if we can. You know, and, and this is a whole other matter. But, I mean, you know, it, it, the point is there is more interest. And then – you even get, I don't want to call it periphery interest, but I mean, there is interest for whatever spectrum news is sports arm is. They're usually on a lot of the events that are big events, press conferences in person or Zoom calls in person. Yeah. WREL still occasionally shows up down here. 11 very rarely, but they do. 17 because Todd Gibson's there. I'm talking about the Raleigh market. You know, and occasionally you get some Greensboro market spillover. So, I mean, you know, there is there is some interest in North Carolina just beyond this media market. So, no, I mean, it's it's a big deal. And if if the Pirates start winning at a level that they, you know, did at times under Steve Logan, under uh, Ruffin McNeil, under Skip Holtz, which I think Mike Houston will do, you'll see even, you know, bigger interest from out-of-market media and national media. I just uh, the, the, the story's a good story to tell here. And when there's success, it's a good story to, to be told nationally. I, I know you hate the comparison, but I think it's a solid comparison. Look no further than App State this year when they got off to a hop start, and the next thing you know, they're, they're on college game day. They got national attention. I mean, I think we're very comparable in size in that aspect. Got a passionate fan base, uh, similar size. I think we're – I think we're a little bit bigger, to be quite honest. But nevertheless, I mean, that's a team that ended up on college game day right here in our state that's in similar size that has a passionate fan base. I think there's a lot of parallels there. And ECU could very well be in that same situation later down the line. Aren't we going to uh, – aren't they going to the national semifinal this year? Isn't that what's happening? Who, App, App state? state? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's what they want you to believe. Ah, and some of those media folks. Um. Coach, uh, not coach, Jaira Wilson says the team has not played their best yet. Um, obviously, it was tough. Um, what we basically what we talked about Sunday was we can't let it, we can't just let it affect how the rest of our season goes. Obviously, the season's not over. We know that. We basically just got to take it one game at a time. Uh, keep doing what we're doing. We haven't even played our best yet, which we know, which kind of is like the most disappointing part. You prepare so hard all week in practice, and then you show up Saturday and you don't really display your best product on the field. So it kind of, it, it hurts, it hurts a lot, obviously. And six games through the season, obviously we expect to be better than uh, three and three, but everything's behind us now. We just got to keep moving forward, take everything one day at a time, one week at a time, one game at a time. We'll hear more from uh, Coach Houston tomorrow. And we'll also hear it's Pirate Basketball Media Day tomorrow for the American. So we will hear uh, from uh, Coach Swartz and players and uh, some from Coach McNeil if time allows and players and, That'll be just a lot of uh, fun tomorrow for our Pirate Report. 
Right now, a 94-3 The Game sports update. Here is Ben B-Baby Byram, and then we're going to premiere our special musical interlude that these two knuckleheads have put together. Right now, Ben Byram, 94-3 The Game sports flash update. Thanks, Patrick. Taking a look at what's happening around Pirate Nation. ECU football players spoke with the media earlier today. Holt Naylor says that the team still has high expectations despite a disappointing loss to the Tulane Green Wave this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, we, we all have high expectations, and you know, we haven't been afraid to say that. And um, uh, Certainly, we, we didn't play, to it up, play up to that you know, last Saturday, so um, you know, certainly we're, we're more motivated this week than we have been in a really long time. Pirates back in action this weekend for ECU homecoming back in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium against Memphis. Kickoff for that game is 7.30. can be heard right here on the flagship station, the ECU Pirates. 94.3 the game. Pre-game coverage beginning at 4 o'clock for our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown with our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper live from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. In the meantime, East Carolina's October 22nd kickoff time against UCF in Greenville has been set for 7.30. Moving on to the Carolina Panthers and wrapping it up with the Carolina Panthers in the aftermath of head coach Matt Rule's firing. Carolina is looking to move on from star running back Christian McCaffrey. Reports say that the team is very willing to eat salary in a deal involving McCaffrey. CBS Sports' Jason LaConfora also said Carolina is open to doing the same kind of deal for wide receiver Robbie Anderson. The NFL trade deadline is November 1st. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. This 94th of the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard. Team Boneyard is an NIL initiative directly supporting part student athletes. For more information on how to donate Go to teamboneyard.org. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. So uh, we, of course, covered yesterday, and a great job by our guys uh, on the scene, Ben and, uh, and Cookie. Uh, to uh, to to bring what I thought was really good and and good local coverage of kind of a big national story with the Panthers and Matt Rule yesterday. So good job, guys. Nice hustle. Appreciate it. Appreciate Thank it. Uh, uh, being myself, just ranting. You know how I felt. So a week or so ago, we heard we heard screaming a Smith. This is what he had to say in case you missed it. I'm incredibly familiar with North Carolina. And then he went on to name the different towns in the triad outside of Greensboro and Winston-Salem. That spawned this from our great friend Hayes Permar from Sports Channel 8. Brilliant stuff from Sports Channel 8 and our guy Hayes Perbar. Just awesome. Petey Pobb, Rojai alum, Greenville guy, and Screamin' A. That was just great. I, I thought it was fantastic. No, it, it wasn't bad, but oh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to say anything. Chris, Chris so, is very proud of this. He was the conductor. Yeah, and, Ben well, definitely uh, had all the producing, but I feel like I had right. some creative input. Yeah. So, Cookie asked me last week, can we do a song? And I said, no. I don't care. Whatever. As long as your other work gets done, you guys can fart around as much as you want, as long as the other work gets done, as far as I'm concerned. Now, you have other people you have to answer to. But as far as my needs are, as long as they're met, we just, whatever you dorks want to do is fine with me. And then, Ben, I told you yesterday, Cookie was bugging the heck out of me before the show, right? Yeah, just, he was. I asked him what he wanted done for his show. And it's right, bugging. it's 6 in the morning, he had and me. I have no idea. I haven't even thought about it yet. I'm trying to wake up on a Monday, and I got this dork who stayed up all night, Lord Christopher, <laughs> bugging me about uh, what I needed done 12 hours from. And Cookie, that's why I couldn't tell you, because you never know what was going to happen. It'll you never know. happen again. I apologize. But I mean, I you know we can make plans. But like yesterday, everything got changed because Matt Rule got the uh, pink. Yeah, right. right. So I, I kid, of course, because uh, I like to give Cookie a hard time. But uh, Cookie then starts bugging me before the show. I mean, here we have this breaking news we're trying to cover and get hustle down audio and make sure we have all the angles covered that we need to. Have. 
and and Cookie wants to play this stupid song. He's like begging me to play. Stupid. We'll be the judge. And so this is the the, the, the premiere. Now, Ben, explain this to the folks. Uh, okay, so last week on Monday afternoon, quarterback. I just explained all that. Okay, explain yeah. what the song is. Um. Okay. What What's the song, Chris? What was the <laughs> instrumental? Uh, it's Tupac's uh, "Hit 'Em Up," and the title of the song is "I Want 'Em Gone." Okay. And this stars the the stylings of Ben Byram as Screaming A. Is that what I'm to understand? Best rapper to come out of North Carolina, Ben B. Baby it, Byram. It took right me here. 20 minutes to make this. By the way, I did this literally right before the. Show I know. I was impressed. I was yeah. like, wow. He was just like right. over my shoulder, like picking out. All right, that sounds good. Get that part. That part's great. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> How long is this? Because if this is much longer, I don't know if I can go on with it. It's this. one minute. It? It's exactly a minute. All right. All right. Here we go. The premiere of what, Cookie? I want him gone. From Ben B. Baby Byram. The record and Lord released. Christ- <laughs> and it, this is the record dropping. Ben B. Baby Byram and Lord Christopher. Well, let me tell you something, brother. You only got one thing in this world is for yourself. I want him gone. I want him gone. Get him out of here. Matt Rule is the biggest phony in the NFL. So is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has no business being a starting quarterback. His career is over. I want him gone. I want him gone. Get him out of here. It's a boring team to watch. There's no reason for me to watch week to week. Move the team to London. Get this mediocre, vanilla, boring franchise out of Carolina. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Should be fired if he got lucky in that one. What is this move the team stuff? I want him gone. I want him gone. Get him out of here. The stadium's boring. They're just boring. They're a nothing franchise with no identity. Nobody cares about the Panthers. I thought Charlotte was in South Carolina. They can have him at this point. I will trade the Panthers to South Carolina for for nothing. Maybe I'll take their mediocre barbecue. I want him gone. I want him gone. Get him out of here. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I've given up on my team. Just do me a favor and get him out of here. Not bad. That's not bad, guys. That did not take a lot of time either. I did that. No, that was good. Win. Now, now you you made a little guys, feature in it. I did. You guys put it together. I thought it was very good. Now, but you didn't intermig intermingle like Permar did and do video. Well, we had fifteen ish minutes. Right? <laughs> That's there Something we go. I like uh, you go. Uh, you guys kind of put it together after you did all your other work. You listened to what I said. That was good. That was good. That could be, uh, that's one for the archives there. That was Chris's oh, idea. He uh, was over my shoulder, literally picking out how it was going to be conducted, what the instrument yeah. was. Yeah, I want be. a sound bite of Patrick saying, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Well, yeah, you got he, it. Yeah, he had to throw that in there. He, he loved yeah. that part. Well, that was, as you know, I'm hip with the young people. So I'm, I'm up know, on yeah, all the vernacular. I'm up on all the vernacular. Nice job there, fellas. Nice job. Thanks. That pretty much summed up the whole Matt Rule tenure there. Boy, you, uh, I forgot all the things you were saying. Boy, you were mad last week, weren't you? Yeah, I didn't even realize it. That was, like, not planned at all. That was literally, like, right off the tongue, and I didn't realize I went in that deep until I went back and had to listen to it. You you, you have the team moving to London, which seems odd. All right. um, Maybe London, South Carolina. I stand by it. Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Great job there, fellas. Great job. All right, uh, we're going to break, and when we come back, uh, something a lot more uh, serious and really a lot of uh, 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 just a really good thing that's going on here. Uh, we talked to Kyle Robinson yesterday. They had their dedication a little bit ago uh, of uh, the groundbreaking of their uh, campus for the Aces for Autism. So uh, Kyle Robinson uh, will lay all that out for us next here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Yesterday, we had the chance to talk to Kyle Robinson, uh, Aces for Autism. Today, they had their groundbreaking because of all the Matt Rule and Panthers breaking news yesterday, uh, plus just covering the uh, post-mortem of ECU and Tulane. We didn't really have the chance to uh, get to this yesterday. We were up against it a little bit, of course, with uh, the uh, Inside the ECU Athletics radio show. Yeah, I've got a little more freedom today, so if we're in overtime or heading towards overtime here, this uh, will be by- why, but we wanted to get this uh, on the air because it's a really important thing. And they've also got uh, their event coming up uh, in less than two weeks. So uh, our chat our chat that we had with Kyle Robinson uh, from yesterday and uh, a momentous occasion today for Aces for Autism. Our passion uh, obviously leads us to be uh, excited in sports and also uh, frustrated with our teams. You've heard a lot of that 
uh, today here on the show. But uh, it's always good to have things that are put uh, that put you in perspective or put life in perspective. And uh, one of those is anytime we talk with uh, Kyle Robinson about Aces for Autism, they have a major day happening uh, tomorrow. And I wanted to get Kyle on the show to talk about it. It's always great to talk to you, Coach Kyle Robinson. How are you? I'm doing great, Patrick. It's always great to talk to you as well. Well, tomorrow is a, a day that's a long time coming. Aces for Autism will have a groundbreaking ceremony for your uh, for your facility, a campus, if you will, in Winterville. So just give us all the particulars tomorrow. Yeah, Patrick, it's, it's going to be a day of celebration tomorrow. Um, since my wife and I started the organization back in 2014, our whole vision that really God laid our, on our hearts was to bring a state-of-the-art you know, facility, autism campus to Eastern North Carolina that not only has different types of services, therapy services, but also a a school, uh, recreational space, playground space, um, all for kids with autism and, and families. And that was just really a vision, and the community has rallied around ACES since the beginning. Um, a lot of people's put a lot of time and energy uh, to get us to tomorrow, and we're just super excited to have the groundbreaking ceremony, which is open to the public. You know, we this is not just, um, you know, for select few people, anybody that wants to come back and be, can be a part of it, um, and, and join in on the celebration. It's uh, happening tomorrow at four in Winterville on, uh, at six, five, four Worthington road. Uh, Kyle will be speaking tomorrow. Uh, and, uh, his wife, Bobby will be speaking tomorrow. Uh, you'll hear from other people in the community as well. Uh, as well as uh, the, the Wimco Corp folks, uh, our, our friend and colleague Trent McGee will be there, I know. So this is uh, just really a huge uh, deal tomorrow. For those that don't know the story, because you know our audience grows by leaps and bounds every day, and we've had so many people move to this part of the world since we last uh, talked to you about it, but how did, how did Aces for Autism come about? And it's always, I, I think... Uh, sobering, but also inspiring with the story you share. Yeah, ACEs for Autism started with our son, Samuel, who's, who's now 11 years old. He was diagnosed with autism when he was 18 months old. And at the time, there was, there was nothing here for Samuel in, in eastern North Carolina, the Greenville region. So my wife was a teacher at WH Robinson. She quit her teaching job and um, – her and Samuel would go to Winston-Salem to a place called ABC of NC, um, a nonprofit that served kids with autism. And Samuel got six hours a day, five days a week of intensive therapy, um, which really just changed the trajectory of his life. And um, the milestones he made there um, was just amazing. Um, and we knew we couldn't do it long term, just financially, the calls. So, um Members, different members of the community uh, started reaching out to us. And my wife and I was like, well, let's get all these different groups of people that's reaching out to us. Let's get them all together. Let's really tell them what really God's laying on our heart. So we did that back in August 2014 at Baywood Racquet Club. Um, it started with the tennis tournament. That's how we got the name Aces for Autism. Started with that tennis tournament and a dinner at ECU in Harvey Hall. And it's just kind of it's snowballed since. Um, and the unique thing is we tell folks all the time is it just takes one, one person, one story to have a ripple effect on an entire community, entire state. And Samuel's story is, is more than just serving kids directly. Um, but his story has, has had an impact on getting legislation changed from autism insurance to, uh, um, licensure in the state, which has opened up more providers in the region, in the state of North Carolina, which opens up more access to families uh, throughout our state. And um, it's just been really cool to see how things evolved um, the last eight plus years and really looking forward to tomorrow and the future. Wow. And it's all during this, uh, the majority of it, you're uh, working on staff at ECU basketball as if 
as if there weren't enough uh, hours in the day to get everything else done, right? So this was, this was uh, you were a busy fella during that time. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, when we started the organization, my wife and I never envisioned that we both eventually would be working at ACES. Uh, right. But yeah. now we've got 62 employees. Uh, we've wow. got, we serve kids and families here in Greenville um, in our, in our space off uh, Charles Boulevard. And then we have a satellite um, center through a partnership with Peace Church in Wilson. So, um, a lot going on. It's a different uh, time in my life. Um, I'm really thankful for it. Uh, I believe my experience, almost 20 years in college athletics, um, has helped me um, in this transition uh, with, with some of the responsibilities that I have. Uh, and it's uh, just so grateful and thankful for this community. It's uh, the dedication tomorrow the groundbreaking ceremony the kickoff of the construction of the ron and rose bowen uh family autism campus worthington road in winterville at four o'clock tomorrow it's for aces for autism uh kyle uh, again w- what will this specifically uh allow this this campus once it is finished allow you all to do for uh for those that have autism and, and for the families yeah, so um, phase one of the campus is a is a thirty two thousand square foot state of the art uh, uh, clinic facility. Uh, it's not only going to have therapy rooms, but it's going to have a uh, a sense a Snozlin sensory room, a gross motor skills room, a net therapy room, and the thing I'm most excited about is our learning labs. Um, so we've already developed a partnership with Foodline. We're actually going to have a grocery store in our new center that's going to have six to eight hours of groceries, a checkout line, grocery carts. Um, so our kids, our, our young adults can go in that space with an ACES staff member and learn how to take something off a shelf properly, how mm-hmm. to wait in line, how to check out at a grocery store line, make on, eye contact, provide social um, opportunities. They'll also have a barber shop, a dentist office. Um, a mock-up apartment. They'll have a bed, washer and dryer, kitchenette area. So our older kids can learn uh, independent skills and and how to do all those types of sorts of things. Uh, You know, the dentist office, you know, the kids, a lot of kids at the dentist office, barbershop, have a really hard time going to those places, uh, which results in sometimes they don't go, and then they have dental issues. Um, So in those learning labs, they're going to be able to – Learn how to get, uh, as what to expect with the light in the dental office, what the sounds are going to be in the barber shop. Um, and the goal in those spaces is our staff goes in there and really works with the individuals that we serve. Then they're able to go back out into their community and have a good experience in the places that, you know, we, we take for granted that, you know, we go to all the time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's remarkable how multifaceted the therapy is. And I mean, I, I'm sure it's a lot of trial and error and, and just experience with your own stories. You've, you've shared with us here that things that you, maybe you found and your wife found to be helpful and useful and, and effective uh, were, were probably put into some of this thought process, I'm sure. Absolutely. Um, we just started... August of 2021, a child developmental center, which is really half day preschool classes. Um, the heart behind it, and we still, you know, are developing it is the half of kids with autism and typically developing peers, um, in those classes where they can have social opportunities, they can learn from each other. And that all developed, uh, based off our experience with Samuel, um, mm-hmm when he started kindergarten with a one-to-one and was able to go into a mainstream and be in a regular classroom, his growth just skyrocketed. And, you know, part of our heart at ACES is advocacy and really advocacy for, for ch- children, adults with autism to be included in society yeah. um, and, and, and not be segregated. And, uh, you know, that's something that's really, really important to Bobby and I. Yeah. Uh, I know you've got uh, annual events and events you put on throughout the year. What's the uh, outside of tomorrow's groundbreaking uh, for this, which is momentous on on several levels? Uh, what's the next big event for Aces for Autism? 
Yeah, so October is a really, really busy month. We have our annual bank banquet uh, two weeks from today on, mm-hmm. on Monday, October the 24th. We have Willie Robertson, the duck commander, um, <laughs> coming that's, that's going to speak and super excited about that. Uh, we've we've actually had more sponsors than we've ever had before. So we're, awesome. we're expecting a, a huge crowd on the 24th and people still want to participate, um, come to the event, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we are also selling uh, general admission tickets through our website www.acesforautismnc.com and it's just going to be a great great night of celebration and I'm looking forward to hit, uh, having Willie Robertson with us. Yeah, Kyle, give that uh, web address one more time, please. Yeah, it's www.acesforautismnc.com All right, acesforautismnc.com Yeah, very good. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much uh, for your time and uh, continued success with this and we'll obviously uh, here, but also on uh, the uh, morning show, promote uh, the event coming up uh, for uh, for Aces for Autism in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much. Th- th- thank you, Patrick. Great stuff there. Thanks to uh, Kyle Robinson. Thanks to Mike Houston, of course, uh, the Pirate players that we heard from today, uh, Holt Nailers and Jira Wilson. Big thanks to Ben B-Baby Byron producing the uh, show on the ones and twos, and also uh, Cookie, Chris Cook with... Uh, his production skills. He was the MC today, in a sense. MC Cook. Rick Rubin. That's a new nickname for him. He's he's the he's the Martin County version of Rick Rubin. Exactly. Chris, I'll, I'll all right. That. Yeah. <laughs> when you make it big, Cookie, as a hip hop producer, I'll remember, remember you. Remember us. Remember us. All right. Uh, back tomorrow, Kevin Williams will be with us. Uh, ECU golf. Holton, uh, not Holton, but uh, Harold Varner the third is headed into uh, the uh, Hall of Fame this weekend. That's part of what's going on. So we'll talk to him about their big win last week. They're playing really well right now, ECU Golf is, in the fall slate. And we'll talk with him a little bit about Harold Varner and uh, heading into the Hall of Fame and all the other things going on. All of that tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll also have uh, comments from Coach Houston in our Pirate Report and ECU basketball comments from uh, Media Day for the AAC tomorrow as well. Have a good evening, everybody.